，享受工作，乐生活。就算不在办公室，也能从容应对线上会议。HP Dragonfly 透过专业的 HP Presence 设计，内建降噪及会议快速键，搭配清晰的 Ben and Olufsen 音效，增强音讯及视讯功能。HP Dragonfly 顶级商务笔电，采用 Windows 11专业版。让您在会议中享有最佳的视觉和听觉品质。Today we meet one of Xinju's most inspiring philanthropists. At the age of just 32, Luo Zhiping runs a social charity that helps those most in need. He earns the money for the Sprouts of Love Association on the stock market, and he spends his free time doing all he can to help the most vulnerable people in society. We spoke to Liu to find out what motivates him. Boxes of drinks and instant noodles are piled on the table. Liu Zhiping is packing them up to distribute to people in need. 两百度的时候，他基本上还要跑，跑差不多就等三十分钟。When the basics are taken care of, he puts on his counselor's hat. Here, he's showing a homeless person how to bake a sweet potato using a thermometer, and that's not all. 其实你在操作的盘中，我基本上我的呃，算是财经的相关的新闻的资讯，我一定会收集。Three computer monitors show stock market websites. Liu is managing his investments. Each month, he can make one million NT like this. And once earned 10 million NT in stocks in one year, but he puts 40% of that straight into charity causes to take care of people in need, and he spends his time visiting rural areas with his wife to offer what help they can. Why am I committed to charity? Because when I was in the third grade and when I started high school, some massive changes happened to my family. I started to come in contact with lots of social workers and to spend time with counselors. Liu's father had to undergo dialysis when Liu was a child, and the family was hard up. But they got a lot of help from people in the community, and that's when the first seeds of Liu's future career were planted. Now 32, Liu originally studied engineering at college before switching to social care. As for the stock market, he started getting into investing while still in high school. With all that stock market experience and with a solid income from it, he could found the association. Actually, how much money I have is just a number going up and down for me. If I spend it on the charitable causes that I serve, then the feeling in my heart is that it has enormous value. Because when I see the people I'm serving, I see that help is at their moment of desperation. Liu says chasing wealth is no way to fulfillment. It's only helping others that makes life joyful. With all his interests and talents, it's being in service that never fails to inspire him. A local election in Jilong is marked by an unusual kind of friendship. City council candidates Zhang Mingjie and Huang Jitang are next-door neighbors. They accidentally rented campaign rooms in the same building. The independent candidates say that they are happy to see each other every day and wish wish each other all success. The two candidates wish each other the best of luck heading to the campaign headquarters. Yes, 
It's true, they're next door neighbors. In fact, they share the same address and the same address plate. The landlord split the property in two and let one half to each candidate. What's interesting is we use the same address, it's just split by a wall in the middle, so even when we go to the toilet, we're in the same space, and correspondingly, lots of people are sending us flowers, and sometimes we get registered mail sent here, and we always have to ask who it's for before we accept it. We see each other every day, especially in the evening when he's in a meeting. He's very serious about meetings. I give him a wave as I go home. 72-year-old Zhang Mingjie has served as a counselor in Anle District before and is hoping to stage a comeback. But this is the first campaign for 34-year-old newcomer Huang Jitang. They don't seem faced at all to be neighbors and are the picture of mutual friendliness. Huang Jitang and I have an agreement that we are both working hard for the local election, so we don't mind being joined together. This is a very unusual kind of competition. Though both candidates are giving their campaign their all, they are united in solidarity in the democratic process. TSMC is set to move equipment into its new plant in Arizona next month and will hold a ceremony that U.S. President Joe Biden is expected to attend. The company has not confirmed rumors about Biden's attendance, which one researcher said was to avoid politicking by the U.S. and China. Meanwhile, TSMC said the plant will start trial productions late next year and enter mass production of chips in 2024. Construction of TSMC's plant in Arizona was completed at breakneck speed, taking just one year and a half from the time the site was selected. Next month, the first shipment of the factory's machines will be moved into place, and U.S. President Joe Biden is expected to attend the ceremony marking their arrival. These chips, these wafers, are batteries, broadband, it's all infrastructure. Reports say the list of those planning to attend next month's ceremony includes Biden, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and Taiwan's representative to the U.S., Xiaobi King. TSMC has not confirmed the list, but said that customers, suppliers, and members of academia would be present. Economics Minister Wang Meihua said she has not received an invitation to attend. Meanwhile, one researcher said that TSMC was unwilling to confirm the attendance list to avoid stoking U.S.-China tensions. Mainly, TSMC doesn't want to be a trump card for either of these two major countries. TSMC is of relative strategic importance to the U.S., but its entire production center is still located in Taiwan. TSMC said it plans to install equipment into the new plant's cleanroom in the first quarter of next year and start trial production in the second half of the year. Mass production is expected to commence in 2024 with an expected monthly output of 20,000 chips. Vice President Lai Qingde on Tuesday set off for Palau, one of Taiwan's last remaining diplomatic allies. Lai will be in the island nation for three days to boost bilateral ties, tourism and cooperation. The state visit comes weeks after a visit of Palau's president to Taiwan in October, during which he invited Taiwan's presidency to his country. Let's hear what Lai said before departing from Taiwan. 
Taiwan has opened its borders and it is ready to reconnect, not just with the Republic of Palau, but also with the rest of international society. Taiwan and Palau are both ocean countries. With this visit, I hope that we can boost the economy and tourism in the post-pandemic era. I look forward to increasing cooperation between the two countries on the front of diplomacy, tourism, medical care, education, culture, or any other aspect. I hope we can develop a step further on all fronts and work toward further deepening our work on democracy, freedom, and human rights. Lai touched down in Palau at 1 p.m. Taiwan time, after which he sat down with Palau's president. He then attended a reception at the Palau National Congress. After that, he took part in the groundbreaking ceremony for a new road project, spoke with the technicians working on the project, and attended a state banquet. On Wednesday, he is scheduled to visit the Rock Islands with Palau's president. His itinerary for the third and final day includes a plaque unveiling ceremony for a Taiwanese telemedicine center and the donation of equipment for the Palau Major League. As Taiwan transitions to a super-age society by 2025, it is estimated that at least 20% of the population will be over the age of 65. To cater to that demographic, amusement parks are adding facilities and services that are accessible for older adults in hopes of providing a safe environment for them to enjoy. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang visited an amusement park in Taipei to find out what parks are doing to ensure a safe ride for older adults. Volunteers carefully push Grandma Huang up the ramp and onto the Ferris wheel. She is 100 years old and has been living in Shiling for nearly 50 years, but has never been to the amusement park. In order to help her pursue her lifelong dream of riding the Ferris wheel, the Huashan Social Welfare Foundation brought Grandma Huang and a dozen other older adults on a trip to the amusement park. <laughs> I finally came here for my 100th birthday. Yes, this is my first time riding a Ferris wheel. It is very beautiful. We brought them to visit the amusement park. Many of these older adults have never been here. For example, Grandma Huang has lived here for more than 50 years, but she had never come here. Other than riding the Ferris wheel, the guests also went on the merry-go-round. For many of them, it was their first time visiting an amusement park. Others who have been to amusement parks before said they felt like they were reliving their childhood. I'm so happy. Even though I'm older, I feel like a child again. I didn't ride this when I was a kid. I've become a child again today. The experience was very new. As Taiwan enters an aging society, amusement park operators are adding senior-friendly facilities such as a wheelchair and a removable vamp so that seniors can also go on the Ferris wheel. This amusement park in Taipei says that older adults only account for approximately 10% to 20% of all visitors, but the park is improving its facilities and services to cater to the older population. Aside from providing wheelchairs and removable ramps for older adults or those with disabilities, the park also provides seats for people waiting to go on the rides. This is an amusement park suitable for all ages. We also welcome visitors that are older or have disabilities to come have fun at the park. If someone is unable to stand for long periods while waiting, we provide seats at each facility. That way, people can rest while they are waiting for the ride. 
In addition, for visitors who are in wheelchairs or those with limited mobility, rides such as the Ferris wheel, the monorail and the merry-go-round have spaces which allow wheelchairs to directly enter. The park also offers wheelchairs if needed. Taiwan is set to become a super-age society by 2025. To cater to the needs of older adults, amusement parks are hoping to provide a friendly environment for people of all ages to enjoy. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Han in Taipei. But the new Taiwan dollar continuing on its downward trend, the price of many imports is going up. In particular, several animal feed dealers have announced a price increase of 0.5 NT per kilogram starting Tuesday. That's expected to send ripples down to poultry and egg prices, which could rise in the near future. At the wholesale market, everyone is working non-stop. Unlike in previous years, prices haven't fallen back since the mid-autumn festival. Since the mid-autumn festival, prices have been getting more and more expensive, hitting new highs. One kilogram goes for 80 or 90 NT. The price has gone up by several thousand NT every month. Vegetables are also more expensive. Sellers and buyers alike complain about the prices. Over the past two months, the wholesale price for pork has gone up from 82.63 NT per kilogram on September 1st to 88.37 NT per kilogram on October 31st. That's 6.9% more expensive. In retail, 600 grams of pork belly or pork shoulder now cost 180 NT. In contrast, chicken prices have gone down from 120 NT for 600 grams to 105 NT, a drop of 12%. With the new Taiwan dollar continuing on its depreciation against the US dollar to more than 32 NT to the US unit, some animal feed companies decided to raise their rates on November 1st by 0.5 NT per kilogram. The gradual rise in costs has left some sellers worried. Many restaurants have started placing large orders, which lowered the price somewhat. But now, if the costs rise, I think they'll have to come and negotiate again. The price of eggs could also go up in the near future. Currently, prices stand at between 45 and 50 NT per 600 grams, down 2 NT from October 1st. But with feed rates up, prices could soon bounce back. It's having a huge impact. It means we have to spend 150,000 NT more every month. Businesses in the industry could purchase stocks earlier to have a basic amount in reserves. Foreign geopolitical factors and the depreciation of our currency are resulting in a higher risk. The Council of Agriculture says it has launched response measures, while reminding farmers that it's better to stock up on reserves sooner than later in case the NT continues on its downward slope. Lawmakers from several parties on Tuesday held an inauguration ceremony for the Taiwan Italy Parliamentary Amity Association. The group aims to boost bilateral ties between Taiwan and Italy. At the event, members of the association voiced hope for deeper economic exchanges and cooperation between the two countries to pursue common interests. Lawmakers at the Legislative Yuan on Tuesday held the inauguration ceremony for the Taiwan-Italy Parliamentary Amity Association. The event was attended by lawmakers from several political parties, as well as Italy's deputy representative to Taiwan. 
Relations between Taiwan and Italy are at a critical juncture right now. So here at Taiwan's Legislative UN, to have this association be founded at this point of time is just a natural course of action. The time was ripe for this to happen. And I'm looking forward to work with you. We have so much in common and so many interesting things to share and to exchange among us. Our two peoples, our two countries have uh, all the interest to work together and this is what we are going to do. The head of Italy's parliamentary friendship group for Taiwan addressed the participants in a pre-recorded video message. Taiwan's association will be headed by DPP lawmaker Wang Dingyu. Its deputy chairs are New Power Party lawmaker Claire Wang, DPP lawmaker Lin Jingyi, independent lawmaker Freddie Lim, KMT lawmaker Chen Yixin, and Taiwan People's Party lawmaker Chiu Chengyuan. Taiwan's commerce hasn't yet established a representative agency in Italy. We hope that we can further push for closer economic ties between Italy and Taiwan through diplomatic means and with the help of Deputy Representative Robert Della Sala and promote the establishing of a trade organization for Taiwan businesses there. After going through the pandemic together, I think everyone is trying to cooperate more and find more opportunities for exchanges. I really look forward to the so-called post-pandemic life. I think the Ministry of Foreign Affairs should strengthen its Italian language training for staff. I look forward to more events related to Italy being held here. After COVID, Italy and Taiwan are hoping to boost bilateral economic and tourism exchanges. The establishing of the association marks the beginning of more and bigger things to come. A domestic F-16 maintenance and repair company in Taizong is now able to repair over 100 components of F-16 fighter jets. President Tsai Ing-wen on Tuesday inspected the company's progress and heard from the company on plans to expand with a new facility. Tsai said the company's achievements meant Taiwan would be able to reduce military expenses and would be better, better prepared to face the threat from China. President Tsai Ing-wen on Tuesday inspected progress at a company that repairs and maintains F-16 fighter jets and listened to plans for a new repair facility. Lockheed Martin has agreed to a technology transfer, so we are planning to build a new facility next year in Kaohsiung's Renwu Industrial Park. The Taichung-based company established an F-16 maintenance facility in 2020, with Tsai making a trip to Taichung to attend the facility's inauguration. Now, two years later, the company says it has been working with National Zhongshan Institute of Science and Technology and is now able to repair more than 100 F-16 components. This will bring improvements to our F-16 fleet. We don't need to deal with long delays, high prices and high failure rates when replacing the components of these aircraft. The new facility will give us the capability to repair and maintain these things on our own, thereby reducing the time and cost expenditures. This will be very important for a military equipment supply chain. Repairing components locally means they no longer need to be sent far off to other countries when they break. This will ensure Taiwan's military can better operate and can be better prepared in the face of threats from the Chinese military. Defense self-sufficiency is never an easy path. In the face of China's expansionist ambitions, Taiwan will continue to strengthen cooperation with democratic partners, working together in the defense of shared values. I must stress that the more prepared we are, the less chance we have of being invaded.
A total of 11 domestic companies are now involved in the maintenance of the military's aircraft, thereby contributing to Taiwan's defense self-sufficiency and enhancing its position in the aerospace supply chain. Australian media on Tuesday reported that Washington is planning to deploy six B-52 bombers at Tyndall Air Base in northern Australia. The report said the base will have a parking area for the bombers as well as maintenance facilities. The report cites a researcher from a U.S. think tank who says the bombers are warning to Beijing in response to threats of a Chinese invasion of Taiwan. One retired Taiwanese general says that in the future, the U.S. military may also conduct more frequent transits through the South China Sea and the Taiwan Strait. Let's hear from him now. The B-52's bomb carrying capacity is very high. One B-52 can carry roughly 120 metric tons, and its instruments are all digital. With its eight engines, it can fly to almost anywhere on the planet, and it can refuel in the air. Other countries are predicting that there will be much tension in the Taiwan Strait between 2023 and 2027. This will be the first deployment of U.S. bombers to Australia, and that has strategic implications. The bombers can reach anywhere in the South China Sea within four hours and get to Taiwan within five hours. In the future, there will be one, two, maybe three flights to the South China Sea and the Taiwan Strait per month. One researcher said that since the U.S. already has stations bombers on Guam, deploying the aircrafts to Australia would allow it to launch a pincer attack on China.